welcome back to Lucid Living. And if this is your first time, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you aboard. My name is Andrew Larkin. I'm an actor, model, performer, storyteller, and today I'm going to be your host, your guide for today's podcast episode. All right, my friends, I figured today I want to spice things up a bit. I want to flip the switch and do things a little bit differently. So we're going to start off with, I want to dive right into what we got today, which is Dr. Joe. We're going to be listening to a video 13-minute video of Dr. Joe doing his thing. This isn't. This is a video. This is something that I listened to repeatedly for a couple weeks to really get it into my subconscious. And this is something that I find fascinating as well. You know, we are creatures of habit, and I would always kind of bounce around. All right, I learned this. I listened to this. Now I want to listen to this, and then that, and I would jump around and around and around and around, and I really didn't think I understood the power of listening to something on repeat over and over and over again, especially understanding that that language is going into our subconscious. It's on our mind. It's on our awareness. We're getting a hit of it every single day. And as we grow and we, we listen to it and we surround ourselves with this knowledge, with this beautiful voice of Dr. Joe Dispenza, this information where we might not be, you know, actively consciously taking it in, but we subconsciously we are. And when you listen to this every single day over weeks, months, years, again, that's hard to maintain, but it's powerful. It's powerful. So I want you guys to know that this is something that I listen to for every single day for at least a month straight. And it is so powerful, so exciting. And I want to dive right into it. But first, let's, we're not going to do one minute breathing. We're just going to do three deep breaths, three deep breaths to ground ourselves. And as we listen to this, I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to be meditating while I listen to it to really reap the benefits of what he's saying because again, this is so beautiful, so powerful. I'm gonna give you guys the link in the bio so you guys can go back and listen to it over and over and over again. So powerful. So let's ground ourselves and do deep, three deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. Nothing crazy, so inhale through the nose. Hold out the top. Exhale out the mouth. Hold it at the bottom. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. Hold. One more big one through the nose. Hold. Now let's give a nice exhale out the mouth. Let go of everything that does not serve. Stresses and anxieties. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Ah, shake, shake, shake. Let's go, 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 go. All right. I'm going to let you guys take a, take a seat. Put yourself into a mindset, into a space, into an energy to really be able to receive what Dr. Joe is about to share with you guys because changed my life, man. Changed my life. Now, Dr. Joe. People wake up in the morning, uh, they begin to think about their problems. Those problems are circuits of memories in the brain. Each one of those memories are connected to people and things at certain times and places. And if the brain is a record of the past, the moment they start their day, they're already thinking in the past. Each one of those memories has an emotion. Emotions are the end product of past experiences. So the moment they recall those memories of their problems, they all of a sudden feel unhappy, they feel sad, they feel pain. 
Now, how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. So the person's entire state of being when they start their day is in the past. So what does that mean? The familiar past will sooner or later be predictable future. So if you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny, and you can't think greater than how you feel, or feelings have become the means of thinking, by very definition of emotions, you're thinking in the past. And for the most part, you're going to keep creating the same life. So then people grab their cell phone, they check their WhatsApp, they check their texts, they check their emails, they check Facebook, they take a picture of their feet, they post it on Facebook, they tweet something, they do Instagram, uh, they check the news, and now they feel really connected to everything that's known in their life. And then they go through a series of routine behaviors. They get out of bed on the same side, they go to the toilet, they get a cup of coffee, they take a shower, they get dressed, they drive to work the same way, they do the same things, they see the same people, they push the same emotional buttons, and that becomes the routine and it becomes like a program so now they've lost their free will to a program and there's no unseen hand doing it to them so when it comes time to change the redundancy of that cycle becomes a subconscious program so now 95 percent of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a memorized set of behaviors emotional reactions unconscious habits hardwired attitudes beliefs and perceptions that function like a computer program. So then a person can say with their 5% of their conscious mind, I want to be healthy, I want to be happy, I want to be free. But the body's on a whole different program. So then how do you begin to make those changes? Well, you have to get beyond the analytical mind because what separates the conscious mind from the subconscious mind is the analytical mind. And that's where meditation comes in because you can teach people through practice how to change their brainwaves, slow them down. And when they do that properly, they do enter the operating system where they can begin to make some really important changes. So um, most people then wait for crisis or trauma or disease or diagnosis. You know, they wait for loss, uh, some tragedy to make up their mind to change. And my message is why wait? And, and you can learn and change in a state of pain and suffering, or you can learn and change in a state of joy and inspiration. And I think right now, the cool thing is that people are waking up most people spend 70% of their life living in survival and living in stress. So they're, they're always anticipating the worst case scenario based on a past experience. And they're literally, out of the infinite potentials in the quantum field, they're selecting the worst possible outcome and they're beginning to emotionally embrace it with fear. And they're conditioning their body into a state of fear. Do that enough times? body has a panic attack without you. you you can't even predict it because it's programmed subconsciously so people become addicted to the rush of those emotions and they use the problems and conditions in their life to reaffirm their limitation so at least they can feel something so now when it comes time to change you say to the person why are you this way well every time they recall the event they're producing the same chemistry in their brain and body as if the event is occurring firing and wiring the same circuits sending the same emotional signature to the body. But what's the relevance behind that? Well, your body is your unconscious mind. In a sense, if you're sitting down and you start thinking about uh, some future worst case scenario that you're conjuring up in your mind, and you begin to feel the emotion of that event, your body doesn't know the difference between the event it's taking place in your world, outer world, and what you're creating by emotion or thought alone. So most people then, they're, they're constantly reaffirming their emotional states. 
So when it comes time to give up that emotion, they can say, I really want to do it. But really, the body is stronger than the mind because it's been conditioned that way. So the servant now has become the master. And the person all of a sudden, once they step into that unknown, they'd rather feel guilt and suffering because at least they can predict it. Being in the unknown is a scary place for most people because the unknown is uncertain. People say to me, well, I can't predict my future. I'm in the unknown. And I always say the best way to predict your future is to create it. Not from the known, but from the unknown. What thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? What behaviors do you want to demonstrate in one day? The act of rehearsing the mentally, closing your eyes, and rehearsing the action. The rehearsing the reaction of what you want? or the Yeah, action the action of what you want. By closing your eyes and mentally rehearsing some action. If you're truly present, the brain does not know the difference between what you're imaging and what you're experiencing in 3D world. So then you begin to install the neurological hardware in your brain to look like the event has already occurred. Now, your brain is no longer a record of the past. Now it's a map to the future. And if you keep doing it, priming it that way, the hardware becomes a software program. And who knows? You just may start acting like a happy person. And then I think the, the hardest part is to teach our body emotionally what the future will feel like ahead of the actual experience. So what does that mean? You can't wait for your success to feel empowered. You can't wait for your wealth to feel abundant. You can't wait for your, your new relationship to feel love or uh, uh, your healing to feel whole. I mean, that's the old model of reality of cause and effect, you know, waiting for something outside of us to change how we feel inside of us. And when we feel better inside of us, we pay attention to whoever or whatever caused it. But, what that means then is that from the Newtonian world is that most people spend their whole life living in lack, waiting for something to change out there. What do you mean the Newtonian world? The Newtonian world is all about the predictable. It's all about predicting the future. But the quantum model of reality is, is about causing an effect. The moment you start feeling abundant and worthy, you are generating wealth. The moment you're empowered and feel it, you're beginning to step towards your success. The moment you start feeling whole, your healing begins. And when you love yourself and you love all of life, you'll create an equal. And now you're causing an effect. And I think that's the, the difference between living as a victim in your world saying, I am this way because of this person or that thing or this experience. They made me think and feel this way. When you switch that around, you become a creator of your world. And you start saying, my thinking and my feeling is changing an outcome in my life. And now, it's a whole different game and we start believing more that we're creators of reality and most people uh, when they have a thought they just think that that's the truth and I think one of my greatest realizations in my own journey was just because you have a thought doesn't necessarily mean it's true so if you think 60 to 70 thousand thoughts in one day and we do and 90 percent of those thoughts are the same thoughts as the day before and you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny your life's not going to change very much because the same thought leads to the same choice. The same choice leads to the same behavior. The same behavior creates the same experience and the same experience produces the same emotion. And so then the act of becoming conscious of this process to, to begin to become more aware of how you think, how you act and how you feel, it's called metacognition. And so then why is that important? Because the more conscious you become of those unconscious states of mind and body, the less likely you're going to go unconscious during the day. And that thought is not going to slip by your awareness unchecked because you're 
It means to know thyself. And the word meditation means to become familiar with. So as you become familiar with the thoughts, the behaviors, and the emotions of the old self, you're retiring that old self. As you fire and wire new thoughts and condition the body into a new emotional state, if you do that enough times, it'll begin to become familiar to you. So it's so important, uh, just like a garden. If you're planting a garden, you gotta get rid of the weeds. You gotta take the plants from the past year and you gotta pull them out. The rocks that sift to the top that are like our emotional blocks, they have to be removed. The soil has to be tenderized and broken down. We have to, we have to make room to plant a new garden. So primarily, we learn the most about ourselves and others when we're uncomfortable. Because the moment you move into that uncomfortable state, normally a program jumps in. When that program jumps in, it's because a person doesn't want to be in the present moment and engage it consciously. If you're not being defined by a vision of the future, then you're left with the old memories of the past and you will be predictable in your life. And if you wake up in the morning and you're not being defined by a vision of the future, as you see the same people and you go to the same places and you do the exact same thing at the exact same time, it's no longer that your personality is creating your personal reality. Now your personal reality is affecting or creating your personality. Your environment is really controlling how you think and feel unconsciously. Because every person, everything, every place, every experience has a neurological network in your brain. Every experience that you have with every person produces an emotion. So some people will use their boss to reaffirm their addiction to judgment. They'll use their enemy to reaffirm their addiction to hatred. They use their friends to reaffirm their addiction to suffering. So now they need the outer world to feel something. So to change them is to be greater than your environment, to be greater than the conditions in your world. And the environment is that seductive. So then why is meditation the tool? Well, let's sit down. Let's close our eyes. Let's disconnect from your outer environment. So if you're seeing less things, there's less stimulation going to your brain. If you're playing soft music or you have earplugs in, less sensory information coming to your brain. So you're disconnecting from your environment. If you can sit your body down and tell it to stay like an animal, stay right here. I'm going to feed you when we're done. You can get up and check your emails. You can do all your texts. But right now, you're going to sit there and obey me. So then when you do that properly and the, you're not eating anything or smelling anything or tasting anything, you're not up experiencing and feeling anything, you would have to agree with me that you're being defined by a thought, right? So when the body wants to go back to its emotional past, and you become aware that your attention is on that emotion, and where you place your attention is where you place your energy, you're siphoning your energy out of the present moment into the past, and you become aware of that, and you settle your body back down in the present moment, because it's saying, well, it's 8 o'clock, you normally get upset because you're in traffic around this time, and here you are sitting and we're used to feeling anger and you're off schedule. Oh, it's 11 o'clock and you usually check your emails and judge everybody. Well, the body's looking for that, that predictable chemical state. Every time you become aware that you're doing that and your body is craving those emotions and you settle it back down into the present moment, you're telling the body it's no longer the mind, that you're the mind. And now your will is getting greater than the program. And if you keep doing this over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, just like training a stallion or a dog, it's just going to say, I'm going to sit. And the moment that happens, the body's no longer the mind. When it finally surrenders, there's a liberation of energy. 
We go from particle to wave, from matter to energy, and we free ourselves from the chains of those emotions that keep us in the, in the familiar past. And we've seen this thousands of times. In fact, we can actually predict it now on a brain scan. Thank you, Dr. Joe. Mm. That is, gosh, my favorite. That is such a great introduction to his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. So good, man, so good. So again, listen to that on repeat, guys, because start doing it over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, you know, the awareness. Ah, man, it's powerful. So thank you guys for tuning in. Whew. As always, if you guys are digging this, liking this, want some more, like, comment, rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones, let's build this community. Thank you guys for being a part of this journey with me. And uh, small act of kindness makes the world go around for you, for others. We need it now more, more than ever. We really do. Hug a loved one, give them a nice bear hug, because we don't know how long we have them for. And uh, human touch is so healing. High five yourself, because you are beautiful, you're deserving, you are worthy, you are enough. And always, 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 Strive to live a lucid life. This is Andrew Larkin. One love.